All right, so before we jump into the questions today, you know, I always spend the week kind of being with God and feeling into what spirit wants to say in these calls and just have been really guided through this relationship conversation. I'm going to give you guys another next step for deepening your practice of uh, being in being in the flow of unity, giving and receiving, making all relationships loving. This is our fourth density practice, right? Our theme. Another way we're going to go deeper into this now is looking at developing a loving relationship with time and your experience of time. So, you know, again, we've been speaking about enlightenment as a state of being in loving relationship to everything. Yeah. Reconceptualizing enlightenment as a state of being in loving relationship to everything. That's the only definition we need right now. So if that's our goal to be in loving relationship to everything, I want you to think about what is probably the most unloving relationship your mind holds against reality or with reality rather. And if we think about it, probably one of the best answers we could give is time, right? Of all the unloving relationships ego holds, time has to be its number one. And even the course, you know, speaks to this a lot saying that the ego's entire thought system is based upon the illusion of time and the past, right? And so we spend the first, you know, probably there's five to six lessons within the first 50 that focus on all I see is the past. I see only the past. My mind is preoccupied with past thoughts. I see nothing as it is now, right? All these lessons that are trying to introduce us to this concept of the ego's ego is being bound in time or ego is the bondage to time. Yeah. So bondage to time, past and future, past and future is a unloving relationship with time, right? As the past seems to implore us to constantly want to fix and change the past. And then it's also simultaneously imploring us to control the future. Right, that's what control is. The belief that I can make a positive, pleasurable future moment for myself by controlling the gears of reality right now. Right, so the gears of reality are turning like this. I'm gonna go grab those gears and ah, force them to turn the other way for me exclusively. I don't care how it affects the rest of reality. As long as I benefit from this control, it's all I care about. How unloving is that? It's pretty damn unloving, right? So we want to fix that relationship. Yeah. So to become true lovers of reality, which is our goal, right? Fourth density consciousness is being a lover of reality to be lovers of reality. We must then heal our relationship to time. No, got to be number one on the priority list. If we want to be lovers of reality. So let's look at our concept of time through one of the frameworks that the course gives us, which is that time is really a measurement of our learning, our spiritual growth and evolution. Our spiritual learning is actually what time is a measurement of. We think time is a static metric of seconds and minutes and hours and days, right? It's, it's objective and it's factual but we know time isn't factual. 
even in, in, in basic physics, right? If you go to a planet with greater gravity than Earth, your experience of time will slow down. And in relationship to the time that's passing on Earth, we've all seen um, the Matthew McConaughey movie, um, Interstellar, yeah? They go to this planet with like an insane, like 10 times the mass of Earth or something. The gravity is so heavy on that planet that it's like seven years every minute or something like that. Every hour is seven years of Earth time. So time isn't a factual objective thing. So what is it really a measurement of? And I really like this framework of understanding time as a measurement of our learning. So in a, a couple of weeks ago's lecture, I gave you the picture of your Christ self being the learner. You remember that? It's the innocent source nature in you that has willfully undergone this forgetting process to place itself in the dream world and remember its divinity to return to unity from the state of separation. It's for some reason, it's this game that the source loves to play and is playing all throughout the universe in an infinite variety of ways. So the Christ in you is like, uh, if you watch the clip I posted on YouTube, I actually used a video of a little guy stuck in a maze and the shot zooms out and the maze is inside of a, a human head and a body. And the brain area is this big maze that the guy is trying to trek his way out of. Let's think about that picture, right? As a helpful analogy for our Christ self. The Christ in you is trying to make its way out of this mind maze, this dream of separation the mind is having, so it can make its way down to the heart. So the Christ in you is on its way from the mind to the heart. And it's not abandoning the mind for the heart, right? but it's trying to connect the mind with the heart. So when the Christ in you makes it out of the mind and into the heart, you are in the state of wholeheartedness, as A Course of Love says. Uh, the atonement, as A Course in Miracles says. Uh, we call it Christ consciousness. We call it uh, fourth density consciousness, mind-heart coherence, right? These are all the same things, different terms for the same thing. Joining mind and heart in love. We actually, only experience time because we are learning who we are. We are learning the Christ in us is making its way out of the maze as we learn and learn and expand and expand our consciousness. The Christ is moving through the maze and finding the right outlets for the next turn and the next roundabout. Every time you learn, the Christ finds another correct path through that maze, yeah? And over time, as you're learning and growing and ascending, you look back at your former self and you actually only experience yourself in prior stages of learning. If you think about the you from five years ago, how do you think about that you? I bet you now you think of it as a past stage of learning. I bet you that you relate to it as all the things you didn't know then that you're now aware of. And we say this all the time, right? We say things like, if I only had known back then what I know now, even, even people that aren't on a spiritual path are saying stuff like that, right? On a regular basis, because even what they don't recognize yet is that we're experiencing our past self as a prior stage of learning. We see things now in our awareness that we couldn't see in the past. And so ego wants to punish us for those things and feel guilty about them and say, shame on you for not knowing 
how to pass that test. Shame on you for making the wrong decision that led to a painful outcome. Guilt, shame, condemnation. But actually, what our past is, is a prior series of lessons, right? All things are lessons that God will have me learn. And so as we ascend more and more, we experience linear time less and less. Why? Because we relate to it less and less. The more I learn and ascend into my Christ nature, the less and less there is of a separate self that thinks about the past, right? The less, the less and less of me cares about the past from a egoic point of view. I'm not feeling guilty for it anymore. I'm not wishing I could have changed it. I don't have those relationships with the past, the more and more I'm ascending. So then what does my experience of time become? It just becomes a measurement of my learning, right? So the escape from time altogether is the full awareness of love's presence. Because when I see only the past, when my sense of self is based entirely in my past and the mistakes I've made and what I should have done and all the stories, everything appears to be devoid of love right now, right? Because ego takes everything as evidence for its self images. So everything I experience now is just like evidence that my past is true and that, oh, I don't, you know, I'm living in scarcity now because I uh, made bad decisions in my past. You know, the, the ego just uses the present to try and prove why the past really does define us. And so the course is telling us that the past does not define you, only the present moment defines you. And the moment is love. As Ra says in the law of one, the moment contains love. This is the principle upon which all service to others has to be based, yeah? That this moment is inherently loving. Why? Because it's inherently free of any bondage from past or future. So the escape from time is the awareness of love's presence here and now. When I'm stuck in time, I'm stuck trying to fix the past and control the future, right? Change and control. So there's no love in that, right? There's nothing loving about trying to change someone or trying to control someone. Both of those are unloving relationships, yeah? So because we know that love always accepts, always embraces, always allows, always forgives, then we start to realize that these illusions that we call past and future time are actually sort of like the supreme guru in disguise. Why are past and future illusions? Because what they really are is source intelligence working through the manifest realm to teach us. What is the past and the future teaching us? What is Supreme Guru teaching us through past and future? The past is teaching us lessons. The past is teaching us forgiveness and acceptance, right? So the past is, is what is giving us all our lessons. When we look to our past, we can see so much now why I attracted that thing into my life, why I created that kind of reality in the past, why I was suffering so much in the past because I was believing all these lies. You know, as we look to the past, it just becomes a teacher. Yeah, because our awareness is more and more showing us things we couldn't see at the time. So that's why the, the course also says there is no guilt because the past is not real. You couldn't have behaved any better than you behaved. 
The past is just an instrument for learning, right? We're just watching the mind-body unit acting out its conditioning. And although we think we're in control of it in the present moment, we always look back and realize, man, I had no choice but to make that mistake. I didn't know anything. I was totally off on the wrong frame of mind. I was totally living in victimization. I was totally living in lack. We can see that stuff really easily with 2020 vision, which is present moment vision, right? So the past is just teaching me lessons and that's all it's doing, right? The past is not condemning me. The past is definitely not defining me because I'm always changing, right? I'm different now than every past version of myself. So the past is definitely not trying to keep me stuck somewhere, right? The future now becomes the teacher of what? The mind wants to control the future. So what does that mean Supreme Guru is teaching us with the future? It's teaching us surrender, right? The future is teaching us trust. In every moment where the mind tries to draw a future-based thought, you have an opportunity to trust source, to trust love, to say, I do not need to plan or anticipate or try to control my future because my future is in the hands of God and God's will for me is only good. So there's never a good reason to worry about the future or fear the future or stress about the future. The future's always in my best interest, right? Because now is loving. Now is always doing loving things, right? So in the, in the future, it's just another now where the now will still be loving. And in the past, when you made all those mistakes, the now was still loving back then. So it was always forgiving you and loving you through your mistakes. So you've only ever been loved. And when you start seeing past and future as gurus teaching you something, then you develop a very loving relationship with time, don't you? So now we've come full circle. How do we heal our relationship to time? How do we make our relationship to time loving? We learn from our past and we trust our future, right? We use future as a vehicle to deepen my trust in the source. And we use the past as a vehicle to learn more about who we are, discover more of ourselves, learn more how we can grow through something. The past and the future are both blessings. The illusion of past and future are both blessings that we can have a loving relationship to. And when we have a loving relationship to time, where are we dwelling? Now, exactly. If you have a loving relationship to time, you don't fear it, you don't control it, you don't feel guilty about it. All you have with it is a loving relationship. Thank you past for teaching me from my mistakes. Thank you future for inspiring me to trust and surrender more, then we're living squarely in the present moment, right? And the present moment is where love reveals itself, where we actually see and experience the love that this moment contains. We call it sacredness, right? We call it innocence or beauty or purity. These, these words we use are descriptions of the loving fragrance that reality is emanating. In the present moment, when we're in love with reality, we experience everything as sacred. We taste that sacredness in everything. Every moment becomes sacred, no matter what's happening in the moment, right? 
the divine's revealing itself in some unique way, and you know it's deepening your surrender and your trust, your oneness with life. So tasting the sacredness that the moment is offering us is our invitation to loving awareness, right? To just be in love with everything you're seeing, seeing the innocence, seeing the holiness of all things. That's the most loving relationship you could possibly have, right? With reality, to just love and adore everything it does. And so that's when we become like that hummingbird analogy we've used before, where when we're not tasting the nectar of love, the hummingbird is like hovering around the flower, right? Flapping its wings very fast and violently and, and quickly, making a lot of noise. But once it finally lands on the flower, puts its beak into the flower and drinks the nectar of the flower, it becomes silent, right? Motionless, still and silent as it just enjoys the nectar. That's what happens when the mind joins the heart, right? When the hummingbird, the, the bee, the bumblebee of the mind that's always fluttering around and making lots of noise, when it gets to taste the nectar of love, it becomes still and quiet. So as we said last week, love brings a tremendous stillness to your mind. You don't wanna think about things so much anymore because you wanna experience them. You wanna be open to the mystery of everything and uh, you wanna experience it on that deeper, more transcendent level rather than just the form level. Love does all of these things. Love makes all of these changes to our quality of consciousness naturally and inherently, right? And this is what the course calls timelessness. Timelessness is when you've gone beyond that wrestling match with past and future. You just see them as two gurus, the one guru in disguise here to teach you important lessons. Well then, you're in the state of timelessness because time is vertical for the soul, right? The soul experiences time vertically. The ego experiences time horizontally. One moment to the next moment to the next moment or one memory to the next memory to the next memory. Our soul doesn't experience time like that, right? The soul is ascending, so time is vertical. So as we learn and grow, that becomes our experience of time when people have near-death experiences and they recall their past lives, they're recalling all these prior stages of learning from their past. And when they watch their life review, they're watching their most recent version of learning, stage of learning, going through all its life lessons, right? And, and gaining experience from those. So we are actually not moving horizontally through time, but vertically in that sense. The ascension is an upward spiraling process. So timelessness is where we want to be because it's as if our soul is trying to go up, but we're in the 3D with the ego trying to drag it around left to right. You know what I mean? We're kind of deterring its natural process. So getting out of time, having a loving relationship to time, being present, being open to love in this moment, that timelessness state opens us to love. It makes love natural, right? And effortless. And, and that's what we're looking for. You know, we're looking to get to that place where love is effortlessly pouring out of us. We can't stop it. We can't hold it back. It's like we have too much and it's just spilling out. That's the stage we all want to get to, yeah? Right now, for a lot of us, it still feels like applying love to the moment is takes an effort. It, it demands something of me. 
And after some time of this practice, you'll notice that it has its own momentum that is built. The less and less we exist in linear 3D time, the more we exist in our ascension process.